I can't imagine music without African-American spirituals, and I'm not alone. 24 of the songs in our gray hymnal are African-American spirituals, and in many other denominations, their hymn books also have a lot of them. And there are hundreds of choral arrangements of them sung by choirs all over the world. And what I want to do in the next few minutes is to tell a fascinating story of how they were introduced to America in the 19th century. This is James Weldon Johnson. Johnson was a major figure in African-American literary arts in the early 20th century. Here's perhaps a better picture. He had a brother who was a singer, composer, and choral director, John Rosamond Johnson, and the two of them wrote and composed one of the songs in our hymnal that we sing from time to time, Lift Every Voice and Sing. James Weldon Johnson was captivated by African-American spirituals. In 1908, he published a poem called O Black and Unknown Bards, and here's one stanza of that poem. There is a wide, wide wonder in it all that from degraded rest and servile toil, the fiery spirit of the seer should call these simple children of the sun and soil. O black slave singers, gone, forgot, unnamed, unfamed, you, you alone of all the long, long line of those who've sung, untaught, unknown, unnamed, have stretched out upward, seeking the divine. In 1925, the two Johnsons wrote two books called the Book of American Negro Spirituals and the second book of American Negro Spirituals. They're still in print. In them are 120 spirituals with piano accompaniment by John and an extended preface by James. And in the preface, James Weldon Johnson wrote this and I've edited a bit for clarity. He wrote, there is no way of knowing how much of this music has been lost beyond hope of retrieval. For more than a century, African-Americans had been singing spirituals before their beauty and significance were in the slightest degree recognized. It was only during or after the Civil War that the spirituals were first collected and set down by white people from the North who came in contact with African-Americans from the South. These collectors were men and women of honesty they made sure the exclusive African-American origin of the songs was part of the record. That's James Weldon Johnson. And the collectors faced challenges. First, there was the music itself. In an oral tradition, the same song might vary from one performance to the next, even by the same singers. The collectors usually set down only the melody line unable to grasp the unfamiliar harmonies. There's a landmark book from 1867, Slave Songs of the United States, still in print. And you can get it for free on a PDF on the, on the web. It contains words and melody lines from 136 songs, most of them spirituals, 
The authors were all collectors and transcribers of spirituals. And being white, it was impossible for them not to carry their white privilege with them. But they were also keen to save what seemed to them beautiful words and music known only to the singers. And they wrote about other challenges. They wrote, it is becoming difficult to obtain these songs. The spirituals are going out of use on the plantations, superseded by the new style of religious worship, closely imitated by the white people, which is solemn, dull, and nasal. <laughs> and this, it is often indeed no easy matter to persuade them to sing their old songs, even as a curiosity. Such is the sense of dignity that has come with freedom. The collectors would ask the singers how they first learned the songs, and they'd get answers like this. A strange man came from Eatings one praise night and sang him in the praise house, and the people caught him. In 1862, one collector, Miller McKim, got a different answer from Sergeant Prince Rivers of the 1st Regiment of South Carolina Volunteers. This was a regiment of escaped slaves fighting for the North. They make them, sir, Rivers said. How do they make them? After a pause, Sergeant Rivers said, I'll tell you it's this way. My master called me up and ordered me a short peck of corn and a hundred lash. I'm guessing a short peck of corn is some kind of reduced ration. My master called me up and ordered me a short peck of corn and a hundred lash. My friend see it and is sorry for me. When they come to the praise meeting that night, they sing about it. Some's very good singers and know how, and they work it in, work it in, you know, till they get it right. And that's the way they make them. The spirituals were first introduced to the American public in 1871 by the Fisk Jubilee Singers a group of about a dozen students of Fisk University in Tennessee, one of the many black schools founded after the war. They toured northern cities to raise money for Fisk. They sang for President Grant at the White House. But when they were in Washington, D.C., no hotel would accommodate them. Later, a smaller group toured Europe, singing for Victoria and other crowned heads and they came home with $150,000 for their school. The singers had undergone intensive training for two years before their first performance. George White, the school treasurer and their director, demanded finish, precision, and sincerity from the singers. This was not going to be a minstrel show. His vision was an art presentation with standard choral works also on the program. And after many generations, they're still in business. In the 1870s and beyond, the Fisk faculty and students have greatly broadened and improved upon the earlier collectors. So, a story of black American singers in a state of slavery who created songs expressing the deepest sorrow and joy about their Christian faith a longing for a better world, a loss of home. Then continuing with 
earnest white missionaries whose goal was not to impose their culture, but to preserve that of the singers. And finally, a new generation of black singers who reclaimed some of those songs and presented them to the world. Now, a century and a half on, descendants of the slaves who created the spirituals see them as more than just a part of the standard choral repertoire. The spirituals are symbols of a sacred struggle that continues to this day. And I hope we can all feel that this morning. <laughs> 